Grab a seat. Let's get going. Uh, let's open up this morning in a word of prayer, and then we'll dive straight in. Um, Lord, thank you so much for this morning, for the opportunity to gather together with other believers to learn about your word and learn through your word, learn from your word. God, thank you so much for the gift that it is to be able to read it um, and not have anyone trying to stop us. Lord, we, we do thank you for the privileges we don't think about every day, for the blessings we don't think about every day, um, and for the blessing it is to just be able to learn this morning. Help us to have a, a fruitful discussion, and in your name we pray, amen. Hi, folks. Uh, I'm Daniel. I've, you all know me. Never mind. Um, okay, today we're starting lesson two in your fundamentals of the faith books, um, We are going over how to know the Bible, part one. Before we dive in, we do have a memory verse announced last week uh, for this one. It is 2 Timothy 2.15, off the top of your head. Does anyone have that one memorized? If not, we'll move on. Wow. Um, Yeah. You want candy prize or are you good? All right, cool. Um, so we're moving on. We're going to dive straight in. Nice work. Nice work. We'd, in in my class, we'd do the that is right. Nice work. Thanks. Which is fun. Um, okay. So our agenda today, we're going to review really quickly uh, the last few weeks, which was lesson one, split up into a couple parts. We're going to go over the purpose of what we're here for today. Um, to learn today, and then we're going to outline kind of the specific sections for today's thing. We have some discussion at the end, um, some questions. I'm going to open it up with questions at the beginning. We're going to close with questions at the end, and you can ask questions throughout by raising a hand. Um, please be involved. It, it helps everything go much smoother. It's, it's better when we're here all learning together. Um, so review from last week, uh, last few weeks, we introduced the Bible. That's a big task, but we did it. Thank you, Aaron. We talked about the origin of the Bible, where it comes from, what do we get. So let's start right away. Uh, what's the word revelation mean in concept? Just the word revelation itself. Um, toss it in the air and, and let's, uh, let's go. And even if it's wrong, like throw it out there. Revealed. So something revealed. And so on that note, What's general revelation versus special revelation? We had two types. And no, we're not talking about the book of revelation. That is a very special revelation, but different type of revelation. What's general versus special? Real fast. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what you see, we can perceive as general. What's been revealed to us specifically is special yeah we want to tag on add on to that one real fast taking another direction Ooh, i like that uh one is natural general could just be replaced with natural and one is supernatural not natural great uh then aaron overviewed the bible for us um, so the trick question slash descriptive question for us is, is the Bible one book or many books? Many books and yes. Okay. Give a why. 
wow, okay. It's an anthology of many books collected into what we know as, collectively, one book. So, the book. In fact, what was the, the actual term for the Bible? Right? The book. People of the book. Um, then kind of an open-ended one just on the last few weeks things. What, why are there so many Bible translations? Right? Kind of the, the broad, sweeping one. Are there so many different ones? ESV, NASB, NIV, you name it. There's a bunch more. We're going to keep getting Aaron going. You know, at this point in class, we would say, you're awesome. Thank you. Let's let someone else answer. Fantastic. Yes. Practical reasons. Like? Different languages. Absolutely. Um, with, with our different versions, right? Translations from different languages. Absolutely. Practically. For our different versions, NASB versus ESV is our common one here, right? Um, why do we use those two, right? Those kind of questions come up. Any quick thoughts on that? Meanings of words change. Yep. So no one's KJV only in here? Are we saying that? Okay. Yeah, we can definitely dive into that a lot, but we won't today. Uh, today's purpose of this lesson, um, we're going to have a couple of these things for today. First, to motivate us to read and study the Bible. We want to uh, walk out of here knowing why we should and feeling like we should actually read it and study the Bible. Uh, second, to give us the practical skills, right? Uh, we need to know not just that we should, but how to. Two sides, two sides. Um, so first question on, on this lesson, why should we actually know God's word? There's a ton of correct answers. I'm sure there are wrong answers too, but let's, uh, a couple of the, the answers that come to your mind right away. What are they? couple things. Why should we know God's word? We're commanded to. That's the one I go to. Avoid sin. Help us to know God more. Okay. There's a whole bunch. Have eternal life. Salvation. What else? So there's a whole bunch. Uh, in, in our books, they went somewhat along the lines of to know how to handle it, right? We need to know the whole thing to know how to handle it, um, to grow up in our salvation, to prevent sin, to learn healthy respect and fear of God, to light our path, to guide us. There's just so many. Um, things like uh, preparing yourself for service. In order to serve effectively, we have to know why and how we're to serve. Um, to sanctify our lives for us to become more like Jesus, become more holy. Uh, these kind of things, there's so many reasons. So we're going to keep going. Uh, I hope we have enough purposes to get the idea that this is important. So our first thing in your workbooks as well is, is here. 
Right. And I'm going to ask the same question each time. Uh, and you're going to just let me know what your thoughts are. So first is when we say, hear the word of God, we mean what? <laughs> Pastor Aaron, um, we would like to have a quick meeting after after church today, um, just to dis- discuss uh, where else you might teach. Ah, uh, yeah, wow, wow. No, when we say hear the word of God, I mean, that's that's a, it's not like a word from God or a word of God. When we say hear the word of God, we mean what? What could we mean? What could we mean? I mean, literally, like, just toss things out here. I don't want to talk the whole time. The words God has given us. Hmm? We need to have faith in it. Yeah, paying attention. (laughs) So active listening. Yay. Whole body listening. Uh. Sure. So when we read, yeah, when we read God's word, that's the words he gave us. We are hearing God's voice by reading his word. Okay. Uh, someone really quickly, we all have Bibles and we all have our workbooks, I hope. But here we go. Uh, we're into Romans uh, 10. Let's do the Romans 10 section. 13 through 17. As soon as you got to toss a hand in the air and just we'll, we'll have you read it nice and loud. Again, a little less me blabbing. Romans 10, 13 through 17. Yeah. So that's a that's a long explanation, but I think the last verse sums it up, right? Faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the word of, of Christ. Um, someone want to expand on that real fast? When we say then we when we say we hear the word of God, when that's an important thing about our Christian life, uh, what do we what do we mean based on this verse then? Right? Take that in a direction. When we say hearing the word of God is important, we mean to understand what God is saying. We can't understand it without hearing it. Yeah. Okay, hear and, and do. Right, active listening has never meant uh, I, I, I audibly heard what you said and I chose to ignore it. That's never what it's meant. Active listening always means we hear what that person is saying and then we do something about it or we take it into effect. We, we apply it then. We, we understand a deeper meaning. We understand something we didn't before. A lot of different things. So two common types 
of preaching, though, when we hear the word of God, we can also hear it audibly by someone reading the word of God and expanding on on what a text means. So two common types of preaching are, are what? Expository and topical. Okay, so we got topical, which is sermons based on any specific topic. Love, uh, grace, peace, pick a, pick a topic. Expository, however, would be sermons that are based on that, that first-by-verse study of a book of Scripture. And so you, as you go through, we don't skip over anything. We exposit that text. We bring out the meaning from behind words and verses and phrases as much as you can. Uh, and I'm not necessarily saying either is wrong inherently, but what's the difference between motivational speaking and preaching, right, as we understand it? Secular injection. <laughs> Can I use the phrase secular injection more often? Um, I won't, but yeah. One actually has a purpose of of motivating inherently. Like, you should feel good after this. One doesn't really care about your feelings. Okay. Okay, word of God, where's its foundation, its basis? Word of God versus word of man. Subject, what it's actually about. Can you have a motiva- motivational speech, though, about Jesus? Without ever having it be preaching? Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. A call to change isn't always like a positive. You can change. Sometimes it's much more direct on the you should and you're not. I love that because we identified a bunch of different things there. Source. Where's this coming from? Subject. What's this about? Different things. It can be motivational. It doesn't have to be. Um, And they can be similar in many ways. Yeah, I'm not saying necessarily every single thing that's motivating is wrong. That's not the point of that. Uh, However... The nice thing with expository is, is um, I, I tried to come up with a question on this, but I couldn't. What's really the, the danger if we always embrace something other than expository as the norm? Like normally we just talk about whatever the pastor wants. Why is that dangerous? Or why could that be dangerous, I guess?
sure, we could get theologically off base. Yeah. Just opinions and opinions and thoughts. Yeah. What's All, all the unicorns in the Bible could be talked about. And, uh, sure. And we can put this out there. Yeah, we can put this out there. It's not always that you're totally theologically off base. It's not always that every single topical sermon is wrong or every person who preaches topically is wrong, but rather there's a danger, right? Hmm. Hmm. Let the Bible speak instead of us telling the Bible what it's going to say. 100%. So our first point in the workbook was about the here, right? Our next point in our workbook was about reading. Reading scripture. So when we say read the word of God, we mean, this can be as simple as you want to make it, or as complex as you want to make it. I don't care. We mean what? We mean... What do we mean? We mean... I say, hey, reading the word of God is really important. What do I mean? Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. Then the question comes up, which is the one we addressed in the first lesson. When I say read the word of God, do I mean that word of God? Do I mean someone else's perceived word of God? Do I mean read the word of God that someone wrote in a diary and put down and made a bestseller of? You know what I mean? I mean, we mean, for us, we mean the 66 books of the Bible in our Bible. Okay, another Bible thing really fast. Let's go, um, let's do the Revelation passage. Revelation 1, 1 through 3. You find it, toss a hand up. and What? All of the Revelations, all the multiple ones, all the... Um, Ones that Aaron has had that we're discussing after church. I'm sorry, I'm joking. One. Yep. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which I gave him to show his servants the things that concern Jacob. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear. Yeah, um, I, I love that final verse there. I think that's a really incredible one. What's it really talking about? What's that verse 3 really talking about? Yeah, not just hearing, but doing. They keep it. 
How's this correspond to this point? How's this tie in? We gotta know what the word of God says and means, and then do the things that it says and means. Um, reading is is part of that, though. We have to know what it says by reading it, by hearing it. And third point in your workbook is study. And so, same question: when we say study the word of God, we mean I'm hearing read it again a lot. What do we mean? Okay. We mean find the truth. I like that. So, uh, one more quick Bible one. We're going to do the Acts 17. I love this passage too. A lot of passages to love today. Acts 17. We're doing 10 through 12. When you got it, toss a hand in the air. We'll have you uh, just read it nice and loud for us. Acts 17, verse 10 through 12. A little less of me talking in other words. Go for it. We'll pause there for now, but that's yeah. Did you catch? Um, did you catch kind of the the verse eleven into the beginning of verse twelve section there? When they received the word with eagerness, so they were excited about this. They then did what immediately? Yeah, they searched the scriptures. They, uh, in effect, we might say they studied it. They studied the scriptures to see if what Paul was saying was actually true and he wasn't a false teacher and a false apostle and just a guy here to lead them astray. We, this, this is where that, that phrase about the Bereans comes from in church language. Um, when we you know, say be like Bereans or anything like that, it's talking about this group of people who as soon as you hear something, we can be excited about hearing that, but we have to double check. We have to not just be, wow, that's that's a really good word. We're going to now search in the scriptures and double check it. Yeah. We're going to check the fine print. We are not going to sign off on that statement or that sermon or that pastor or that teacher without actually double checking that what they're saying is true. Right? It sounds good. Now is it true? So what's the main difference between reading and studying? Depth. Uh, expand on that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It ties into the things before and after, things to context. It ties into maybe some practical application. Uh, when we say read versus study, what do we mean? 
examine. Examination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, word searches, tying it into other parts of the Bible. It's not just the New Testament disconnected from everything else. Alyssa and I are going through a lot of Old Testament study recently. Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Numbers, etc. Um, and as we go kind of chapter by chapter and dive in, we're seeing connections to New Testament stuff right now. It's huge. Um, so our next point in the workbook was memorize, memorize. And so when we say memorize the word of God, we mean, remember what you read? Mm -hmm. Even memorizing some of those things really quickly, uh, the Deuteronomy text, my favorite one here. Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 20. Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 20. When you have it, toss a hand in the air and we'll, we'll let you read it nice and loud for us. 11, 18 through 20. Yep, Justin. How does that relate to, sorry. Yay. How does that tie in to the point? It's embedding. Ooh, I like that word too. Use the word embed more often. How does that tie in? Memorize to that text, to the Deuteronomy text. Putting in places you see it every day. Do you guys have verses up around your house? Yeah, Jews did. Becomes part of your daily life. Yeah. Right. We're fortunate to have an app on our phone, most of us, if we have a smartphone. You know, the Bible app right away. You can pull up anything at any time. Does that mean you're going to be going and searching for specific words and phrases every single time you need to remember something? I hope not. I hope that we remember some texts. We've done a memory verse a week. I'm, I'm not, you know, we're not putting anyone down for forgetting to memorize something. But at the same time, shouldn't we be putting some effort and thought into some of this? I don't know. That one convicted me a little bit when I was reading through the Deuteronomy text. Yeah. That's a great point. I don't think I've thought about that way before. Thank you. 
Yeah, um, when we think about the pictures we do have up, it's not because I forgot who my brother was or something. Oh, who's that guy? Oh, that's right, that's my brother. Rather, it's because I actually, I like my family and I, I want to remember them not in a, in a I forgot who they are way, but in a they're important to me way. Not facts, it's relationships, cool. Your fifth point in your workbook uh, is meditate. And so this is actually the one we could spend a lot of time on. When we say meditate on the word of God, we mean, we mean what? Pray. We think of all those things and we need to be praying through those things. What do we mean? What do we mean? Yeah, so is there a surface level of seeing what something says? Absolutely. We know that. Is there more than a surface level of seeing what something says? Most of the time. There's dangers here, but let's talk about it in the actual positive sense. In the positive sense, we mean. Okay, so can I use this in my life? Are there areas where I need to change? Is there some kind of self-analysis I need to do based on the thing? Again, not just hearing, but also doing. Not just looking in the mirror and immediately forgetting what we look like. Thanks, James 1. I love that text too. Great one. So let's look at, um, we are not going to read all of Psalm 119. So instead... Uh, we could. We won't. Uh, Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Someone's got it. Just toss hand in the air when you're, you found this. Ramadi, do you have it? Yeah, so the man is blessed who doesn't do a few things. He doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. He doesn't sit in the seat of scoffers. But instead of all those negative things, he he delights in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he what? He meditates day and night. This is, by the way, day and night... I always like to remind myself that it is not talking about um, literally uh, only during day and night and 24-7. And it, it means all the things that day and night could mean, right? Constantly, unendingly, all the time. And I, I think all of us, including myself, fall short of that. Meditating and thinking on God's word all the time. We do have to bring this up because this word, 
when we're looking for deeper meaning or looking for more meaning or looking for ways to apply or looking for all these things, there's a danger. What are some common worldly thoughts on the word meditate? Common worldly thoughts on the word meditate. How are they different? Empty yourself. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, when we say meditate, we literally mean like filter your life through the scriptures, which is, I like that. As opposed to get rid of everything in your mind. Dump the good, dump the bad. Okay? But when we say Eastern also, we know that some of the origins of that concept may be very Eastern, but isn't, don't we see that in our Western culture? A lot of meditation practices. What, what are some of the other ones? It's, it's not just necessarily emptying your mind. I've seen other things as well. Hmm? Chanting. Yeah, literal physical acts. Why is it dangerous to just say, empty your mind? That's the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was trying to seeing if we would end up there. Um, the point of like, it's not just emptying yourself, but it's that you are enough. You are you yourself have all the words. You don't need God's word. You don't need another word. You don't need someone else's words of affirmation or whatever. You you don't need other people. You are enough, right? And it just it feels like it's a way to disconnect sometimes. So a couple of discussion points. Let's, we've got five minutes here. Um, we're, we're not going to finish that chapter today. Again, this is part one. We'll go on part two of this chapter next week. Um, what are your current uh, Bible listening, reading, studying, meditating, or memorizing habits, and are you satisfied with them? Like moment of group honesty, right? Um, Currently, uh, we try to read in the morning before going to work, but I, especially this last week, um, or the week before, I think, where I was sick, was not getting up and actually doing that before, so I would come home and do it afterwards. But when I'm reading God's Word in a non-quiet daylight, there's other things to do, distracted time, I'm not absorbing nearly as much. I'm not meditating nearly as successfully. I need to move that more towards the morning. Um, that's just for me, though. What are your guys' habits, and are you satisfied? Moment of group honesty. Well, you know, I could conceivably see someone saying, like, I I do quite a bit. I have some positive, healthy habits here, and I'm satisfied with them. I can continue to grow in them. I could conceivably see someone saying that. I don't think anyone will, but it's possible. So instead of asking, are you satisfied, what's, which one of these areas do you need to grow in then the most? Which one of these areas do you think you need to grow in the most and why? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone else. Could be similar. I feel like I should pick on Justin, but I don't want to pick on Justin. Justin, I'm going to pick on you. Mm-hmm. Right. One of the verses, I, did we read the one about uh, devote yourself to public reading of Scripture? I don't think so. Um, one of the commands Paul gives Timothy, right, is, is the, the devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture until I get there. And I always find that one interesting. Like, it's not just you. It's not just me. There's a whole bunch of us who need to hear the word of God, especially when it comes to a family situation. It's us. It's all of us that need to grow. Yeah. Anyone else really fast? Otherwise, I'm going to move on to the last kind of big point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always, I I was telling Alyssa on the way in this morning, I'm, I'm really thankful that we're at a church that publicly reads not just little bits of Scripture once in a while, but reads a lot of Scripture often. Um, and sometimes I, I don't show enough gratitude for that, but I'm very grateful for something like that. Last one. This is one that, that I think we do need to discuss for just a second. What do we mean when we describe the Bible as sufficient? And how does that tie into anything we talked about? When we say the Bible's sufficient, how does that tie into anything else we talked about? Yeah. Mm. Reading about the Bible is not reading the Bible. Agree. Darmali, what was what were you gonna say? <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's enough for anything you need, right? Anything you're trying to learn, it's enough. Great. Yeah, um, any other quick thoughts on that one? It's sufficient. I do love the, I actually like the word enough. I like that it's, it's kind of, this is a bad example. Um, if I break up a fight at school, um, I say, that's enough. It doesn't mean that they did just enough. It didn't mean that they did just the minimum. What happened? They did more than they should have. It's actually more than we ever will fully comprehend. I, and I know that's a bad example, but I like the word enough. Mm-hmm. 
minus everything else. It is everything we need. It is the end of need. Everything beyond the Bible is want in many ways. So I'll open it up to you guys if you have any any thoughts uh, as we were going along that I didn't get to or anything you were thinking about. Just general questions. We probably have time for uh, really just one, but uh, anything that's on your mind, and then otherwise you can toss an email my way or Aaron's way and see what we can do. Anything that was on your mind through this? Yeah, how do you love the Bible when it's boring? How do you love the Bible when it's boring? When you're reading the boring section? Sing it. (laughs) Connect it back to Jesus. We were going through Leviticus semi-recently. Not exactly the most exciting book. However, we find that God cares about the tiniest details of those things. We find that God cares enough to write it all down and to put it in a book for us to read it. God cared about that He cares about the minute detail of how big this little tiny piece of the robe is. This little thing, whether Aaron's tie is straight. I mean, he cared. No. Um, Of course it's straight. Um, He cared about the smallest things. And if we truly believe God doesn't change in that way, in terms of his, his person, who he is, doesn't he still today? I don't know. That was a great comment that Alyssa had made when we were going through that. And that's stuck with me of like, it's boring. This is not an exciting book. I may not ever care about the size of the temple again. However, boy, it's important. God put it down. He cares about the tiniest things. I thought that was fascinating. Anyways, there we go. We'll, we'll wrap up for now. Um, This was part one, and then next week we'll do like an actual example Bible study together. Kind of interesting way to do things. So uh, let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for today, for these people. Lord, for their commitment to learning from your word and learning about you. Um, God, we, we thank you so much for the privilege and blessing it is to gather together, to worship you, to learn about you. And God, motivate us, change our hearts, make us want to learn more and more about you. Help us to pursue your words and memorize your words and meditate on your words more often. God, we thank you so much for this lesson today. In your name we pray, amen.